Hello and welcome to another edition of Raw Man. My name is Arjuna and this is a mostly unedited, mostly unmeditated podcast concerning getting to know the interesting and subtle art of manhood in the 21st century. We are exploring themes relevant to men and by extension relevant to all of humanity. Now, today's topic is something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, you may notice I'm, I'm already kind of fired up about this, a little bit less mellow than I usually am. And that's just because this, this really is something I've thought about a lot in my life, and it really does get me going. So what I am talking about today is this dichotomy and I should say right from the record that I think it is a false dichotomy between nice guys and assholes. Now, if you've lived in the West at all, um, there's this saying in the English-speaking West, which is, nice guys finish last. And boy, is that just a lot, there is a whole metric ton of bullshit to unpack in that statement. So <clears throat> let's talk about, let, let's just take this right from the top. So where does this dichotomy of nice guys and assholes come from? Where, what, what's the kind of philosophical underpinning of the desire to lump men into these two categories? Well, I think you need to look no further than the source of most problems that afflict men and by extension everybody in the world today, and that is patriarchy. So I just can't think of a better example of the deep wounds that patriarchy has inflicted in humanity than uh, looking into this assholes versus nice guy distinction. Now, one of the things that patriarchy preaches at its core is that men need to be tough. They, it's just synonymous with manhood. You cannot be a man if you are not independent. You cannot be a man if you are not emotionally and physically and mentally tough and resilient. You cannot be a man if you are not forceful. And you cannot be a man if you don't have that kind of confidence which says, I take what I want. I do what I want. I think what I want. I put me first. These are some of the ideals which are most deeply at the core of the patriarchal idea of the man. And so when we start getting into some of the ways of being, some of the fundamental human qualities which fly in the face of that, that's when we start getting into the territory of non-men or as you know, people often just default to the perceived polar opposite of man, which is woman. So you start hearing people talk about qualities like being nice or girly or, or belong to women qualities of being um, pliable, being compromising, being generous, being sweet, being kind, 
being accepting, being receptive, listening. These are all qualities that are ascribed to women. And so when you start seeing some of these qualities show up in men, men who exhibit a lot of those qualities are often presumed to be a woman-like or, you know, gay, right? That's, that's kind of the two places people go. Like either he's like some effeminate man or he's a fag, you know, because he likes um, flower pressing or because he's really sweet to the people in his life or because he cries easily, right? Um, any of these things that suggest any propensity towards tenderness or gentleness or sweetness are considered to be unmanly. And so as a result, men who exhibit these qualities tend to get lumped into this category of nice guy. And men who exhibit the qualities of kind of standoffishness and boorishness and um, self-centered and forceful and opinionated and uncompromising. These qualities tend to get lumped into the asshole category. Now, the interesting thing is these are like fairly accurate representations. These names are fairly accurate to the category. So uh, someone who's gentle and kind and receptive and nurturing and um, you know, comes from a place of, of trying to do no harm and comes from a place of trying to make more harmony and make people happy in the world, that is nice. Those are all qualities that we ascribe to nice people. And I just wanna like take a moment to step back here and, and just look at those qualities, think about those qualities in your mind and kind of roll them around in your being. How does it feel when you're around someone who's like that? Someone who's just giving and generous and sweet. It feels good. That's why we call it nice. That's why we call those people nice. I think it's one of the reasons um, it, it's, it's so tough. It's like, so women get classified as being really nice and being really sweet. Um, and I think in some contexts, it, it actually, you know, it makes women bristle and rightfully so to be kind of typecast that way because they're encouraged to, they're socialized to be nice and to be gentle and to be sweet. And in a patriarchal culture, that also often allows them to get taken advantage of. And it, um, it basically paves the way for not so nice people or assholes to kind of, you know, kick the door open and say, here I am, you're going to do what I tell you to do now. Um, and so, you know, I think rightfully so, there are people, and not just women either, but, you know, people will kind of bristle at this notion of, of just being assumed to be nice or like they have to be nice. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's messed up that society just expects women to kind of put up this front and smile all the time and be sweet all the time and, and basically put up with men's bullshit all the time. That is a deeply unfair 
way of being. And so, you know, I can 100% understand why anybody, not just women, but particularly women, would, would um, take issue with that. However, I think it does tend to be that men tend, because of their socialization and because of this patriarchal expectation, men tend to cleave more closely to the asshole side of things. Now, when you think about what an asshole is, an asshole tends to be selfish, tends to be belligerent, tends to be boorish, tends to be self-centered. An asshole tends to take up more space. An asshole tends to um, manipulate situations such that they revolve around the asshole in question. Even if that person is a quiet or a brooding person, um, you know, which, which doesn't necessarily immediately seem synonymous with taking up space or, uh, you know, being loud and obnoxious. But yet a quiet brooding asshole will still find a way to make the entire situation about them and their experience. And it really ultimately leads to the same place of, you know, like the, the, the story revolves around this person and the other people in their lives are merely bit parts in the play. So when you think about an asshole, uh, it's, it's really not a nice thing to be. I mean, who really in their heart of hearts wants to be an asshole? It's not something to aspire to if you're, I, I would argue, any kind of reasonable person. And yet, somehow we've gotten to this place where we are taught that being an asshole is preferable to being a nice person. We've been taught this concept of nice guys finish last. So there's, uh, there's just so much wrong with this, I don't even know where to begin. First of all, I just want to get into a little bit why it's such a false dichotomy. So let's, uh, and we'll do this by exploring a couple of other false dichotomies. The first one that comes to my mind is tangentially, tangentially related, and this is jocks versus nerds. So people want to rate people in these two categories, half of which are kind of smart and a little bit dorky, and the other are athletic and a bit more charismatic. And, um, you know, anyone who, who stops to think about this dichotomy can just see right through it. I mean, some people are athlete scholars, some people are neither into athletics or into nerdy pursuits. You know, some people, they're just nowhere on that spectrum. They're, they're in, they're, they express themselves in different ways. They have different propensities that have nothing to do with, um, you know, being a diehard Harry Potter fan or playing Dungeons and Dragons or being really into computers. You know, they're not into any of that. And they're also not into sports. And they're not into a certain boorish way of, of being or, or holding themselves. So clearly someone can be anywhere on a spectrum between those two. Some can exhibit both traits, some can exhibit neither. Some people just don't even perceive, they just don't look at the world that way. Um, another example would be, uh, you know, women will often get classed into these groups of being sexy like sexy and ditzy, right? Versus being kind of frumpy and smart. And again, it's just, it's, it's utter bullshit. As soon as you try to, to really dissect that at all, you see that there's no substance to it 
at all. And and really, um, when you take a step back from it and you look at that, it's just demeaning. It's it's an utterly demeaning way to think about people, and it's an utterly demeaning process to go through. And so, you know, I would argue that this nice guy asshole spectrum is every bit as uh, ridiculous and has uh, every bit as little to do with the way act people actually are as any of the other ridiculous things I've just listed. So, um, but what I want to highlight here is that somewhere along the way, being nice became unsexy. And that is because, uh, I mean, really at the foundation, we were in a patriarchal culture and in a patriarchal culture, being nice gets you taken advantage of, to be honest. Um, nice people, you know, like if, if you have to be an asshole to get ahead, whether it's in your job or in your family or on your sports team or in your university or anywhere, anywhere that people are kind of uh, vying or aspiring towards something, if the system, if the rules are stacked such that you need to be an asshole or if you need to display these negative personality traits simply to not get buried under all of the aspirations of other people who are being that way, then, um, then sure, you know, niceness is an undesirable trait or in the very least, it's just not going to get you anywhere. And so, so many people and especially nice people find themselves in these situations where the deck is stacked against them just for being the nice, normal people that they are, you know? And what's so unfair about it is that so many people are raised to be nice, they're taught to be nice, they're socialized to be nice. And this is both genders now, you know? When kids are growing up, uh, parents will say, oh, you need to share, you know, or be nice, don't talk to them that way, or don't be rude, be polite, say please, say thank you. Now, women tend to get more of this than men because they are, the, again, women are expected to be the nice ones, but it, you know, people of all genders are raised with these standards. There's like this, the, you know, the golden rule. Everybody knows this stuff. And yet, somehow over time, it, you know, you, you, and especially once you start getting into your adult life, the message really becomes don't be nice. You've got to be assertive to get ahead. You've got to not be a people pleaser to get ahead. In order to be someone who gets results, you need to be forceful. You need to be committed. You need to charge it. You need to crush it. And so these are two very, very conflicting ideas and ideals which people are put up against. So already, just as being a normal person living your life, you're constantly, you've got this internal struggle and you've got these two different ideas which are contradictory, which are rubbing up against each other. And so that, my friends, is a classic example of a paradox. Uh, somebody can't be fully nice and fully an asshole at the same time. It, it can't exist. And so you end up with these conflicts. People have this existential challenge that they're dealing with uh, every day in their lives. And so an example of this might be that let's say you're in work, you know, you're in your work life and you notice how the nice people in your workplace kind of get walked on. 
like they don't get that days off, or maybe they don't get a promotion, maybe they don't get recognition for their work because they're so you know they they're so generous. They give other people credit for things that they themselves have actually done. And then you know when it comes time for recognition, all of those other people who've been so generously put forward actually get the recognition, and the person who did all the hard work doesn't. So, so anyway, so you'll, you'll get a person who figures out, okay, I've got to be, I've got to have an edge if I want to get ahead in my career. But then maybe they come home, and their partner is saying, you know, you're mean, or. You know, stop talking to me that way, or stop being such a dick. And then all of a sudden, you have to switch into this other mode of, oh, okay, now I have to be receptive. Now I have to be nice. Now I have to be gentle. Now I have to be patient.、Uh, now I have to be compromising. I have to not, you know, budge into the room and and make my demands. And so people run into these tensions in their lives where they're expected to be these different contradictory ways in different environments just to. Um, to get to where they want to go, so it's really it's a tough little place to be, and be, be, again, just to bring it back to this, because our culture is structured structured in a way that ultimately rewards assholes,、uh, the perception is that assholes have more power. That assholes are more confident, that they have more autonomy, and that they are more capable, and so we equate all of those things with sexiness, with capability, and we attach a certain kind of confidence to the notion of being an asshole. And the sad thing to me about this is that none of those traits. Uh, have anything to do with what creates a real sense of confidence and a real sense of wholeness in a person. So, real self-esteem, a lasting self-esteem, comes from the recognition of good qualities in a person. So. The most fundamental self-esteem of all is being、uh, able to love yourself and thinking of yourself as somebody who is lovable. This is kind of the start and the end of self-esteem. Is I can be loved. I deserve love. And once you have that foundation, all of your other notions of worthiness. Come from that, you know.、Uh, I can be liked. I can be good at something. I can achieve something. And so let's like let's okay. Let's say you achieve something in an assholeish way, right? Let's say that you. You kind of bulldoze over somebody else in order to get what you want. Now, people might say, "Okay, well, that that creates a certain kind of self-esteem." And if you are measuring that against an ideal of other people who do that, then I could see how you could walk away feeling like, "Yeah, I walked into that situation and I handled it, and that makes me feel good about myself." The problem is that there's a winner and a loser in that situation, and so how good can you really feel about that? 
if your feeling good by necessity has to make other people bad feel bad, how good can you really feel about that? Now, sometimes it's what you have to do. Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where um, somebody has to be put in their place. Or you find yourself in a situation where you really need to be assertive. Uh, you stand up to a bully or something like that. Then when you do that, you the sense of accomplishment that you get from it is genuine because you're behaving in a just way. You're standing up for something which, which feels right, which feels real, which has some merit to it. You're trying to right a wrong in the world. And so that kind of assertiveness, it, it ultimately moves towards um, keeping the world in a state of, of balance. And injustice, that's really what justice is all about, is balance and reciprocity and fairness. However, if you're getting ahead um, by holding other people down or by shouting over other people, then you're throwing the world out of balance. You're moving towards a state of disharmony. And if doing that gets you ahead, how good can you really feel about that? Like on your deathbed, if you look back on your life, would you really highlight that? Like, I stepped on other people to get where I got. People don't, you know, most people don't celebrate that. That's not the title of their memoirs, right? How I stepped on other people. It's not a nice thing to do. So now let's talk about this, this nice guy complex. There's been a lot of research lately and, you know, a number of popular books that are all published around this theme of you're being too nice. You know, books like No More Mr. Nice Guy, right? And I think that they're written by well-intentioned people. And I think that they have a lot of important stuff in them. So I don't want to discredit necessarily this line of research. So some of the things that researchers have found is that there are certain kinds of niceness which stem from uh, insecurity, or there are certain kinds of niceness which are ultimately the result of someone having a low self-esteem. And so these people tend to be classified as people-pleasers. They tend to be classified as doormats, as being pliable, as being people who will put their own needs aside in favor of other people's needs. And it's true that when you, when you look at someone who is honestly doing that and, and who is really living their life from that place, you can see how it is unhealthy because ultimately someone who's putting their own needs aside, uh, it's not like you just forget those needs. It's just that you tuck them away and then when time goes on for long enough, you become resentful and then that nice person may end up exploding or they may end up actually doing something destructive because they've been repressing their needs for so long and they have to go somewhere. And I confess to having that tendency. I think uh, I'm a self-described nice guy. Other people in my life have described me as being a nice guy. And I do have some of those tendencies, you know, I, I do strive for harmony. I am a person who um, 
I'm skilled in the art of compromise. I think compromise is really important. Um, I'm someone who tries not to rock the boat. I don't like to make waves. It's partially a result of, of the chaos of my childhood and also of being sibling number three. You know, I was the youngest kid in my family for a while. And I just couldn't be dominant. It's like my older brother was seven years older than me. He was always faster, strata, uh, smarter, bigger, stronger, better. So there was just no way I was ever going to assert my dominance over him. I couldn't compete. I had to find a different way. Uh, and, you know, even my older sister, um, she, you know, for a lot of my life, she was bigger than me, you know, for a lot and, and, and smarter than me and more advanced than me. And so I had these two older siblings who were like always better at everything than I was. And they were always smarter and they always beat me in games, right? Um, and so I just had to learn a different way. I, I had to be pleasing. I had to be gentle. I had to be nice. I had to get along with them. And so that was really a survival strategy for me, which I've brought into my life. It's also just, you know, being an immigrant in a foreign country, uh, having to make friends repeatedly, always feeling like an outsider. These are all examples of circumstances in my life that have pushed me away from being confrontational and pushed me towards being pleasant to be around and being nice and being considerate of other people. So in some ways that has manifested in my life as a negative thing. I've noticed myself not wanting to have certain difficult situation uh, conversations, which are really important to have. I've noticed myself avoiding conflict. I've noticed myself not standing up for the right thing in certain situations. I've noticed myself getting stuck in bad situations and not surfacing what needed to be discussed. I've noticed myself putting up with bad situations that I shouldn't have put up with. And so it has definitely had negative consequence in my life. And I can see why someone would look at me or a person like me and think, wow, that person could really use some backbone and use some spine and use some courage to really be authentic in the world and to represent themselves properly. And I totally agree with that. I, I've had to work on it. Um, and I've, uh, I've really had to examine the parts of myself that want to be that way. But, you know, at the same time, it really pisses me off. It really pisses me off. And beneath that anger is a deep sadness that I live in a world in which those qualities are working against me. Because if you just, if you take those qualities independently and you just look at them and you think about them, being generous wanting to please somebody else, being patient, um, going with what somebody else wants to do, making space for somebody else, trying to elevate those around you, 
trying to be harmonious. These are all nice things. They're good things. They're some of the better qualities of human beings. They lead towards cooperation. They lead towards things getting done. They lead towards less stress. I think it's precisely these qualities in human beings which you know the evolutionary scientists point to as being uh, the basis for why human society has been successful. People talk about um, these kind of social norms which have moved people away from being aggressive and competitive towards being nice and sweet and respectful and unthreatening. These are actually uh, evolutionarily selected traits in our modern culture, and there's research about this. And so, not that I'm necessarily, um, you know, I don't deeply ascribe to evolutionary concepts as being the foundation of everything. I'm, I'm not necessarily just making... Um, that's not the end of my inquiry into that. But I do think it's interesting that research has been showing this, um, that these, these traits are not only uh, held up as being kind of uh, morally good traits to have, but they're actually necessary in order for society to function, in order to have hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of people coexisting on the planet and not killing each other all the time. You know, the reason we're not all constantly murdering each other or, you know, stealing from each other or doing any of these other things is, is because we are operating from a place of being nice because people recognize that it doesn't feel good. When you... When you steal from someone, when you hurt someone, when you push someone out of the way, when you put your needs before somebody else's needs, it doesn't feel good in your heart. And this is something which is really, I don't think it gets enough airtime in, certainly not in my culture, in the American culture. It's not seen as a virtue, it's just seen as weakness. And so, of course, anyone growing up in a culture where your nice qualities, your generous qualities, your good human qualities are seen as being weak, people will shy away from those. They'll not want to express those qualities. They'll want to express the qualities that get rewarded. And unfortunately, at the moment, that tends to lean more towards assholishness. So you'll get people saying, oh, you know, I would, I'd much rather date an asshole than date a nice person, right? Oh, those nice, I can't stand nice people. They're just, they're so soft, they're so pliable. I don't respect them. They don't respect themselves. If you find yourself saying that, I want you to just, just listen to that for a moment. Just, just kind of take a moment to think about that. Take a moment to consider the fact that you've just found yourself saying or thinking, I would rather be with an asshole, a mean, bad, selfish person, 
maybe a rude person, a person who makes other people feel bad. I would rather be with that kind of person than a person who is trying to make other people feel good, than a person who is trying to behave in a way that makes other people happy, no matter how misguidedly, right? Like, let's just examine it. It's like, let's say that you're pathologically mean or that you're pathologically nice, right? Even if they're both based in pathology, which is ultimately better for the people around them? The person who's being nasty or the person who's at least being nice, right? What makes the world worse? Someone who has a compulsion to take from other people or someone who has a compulsion to give to other people? I mean, to me, the answer is just flagrantly obvious. That being nice is the better way to be. I mean, it just, it sounds so simple, but like, there it is. And so it just frustrates me in the depths of my core that there's this whole line of thinking which states that being nice is, is the bad way to be or the wrong way to be or that you're not going to get what you want. So let, let's go a little bit more deeply into that. There's this whole notion that if you're nice, you're not going to get what you want. And that might be true if what you want is a promotion or if what you want is to be at the top of a social hierarchy or if what you want is something that can only be gotten by someone else not having it. So if those are your aspirations, then I suppose being an asshole will get you what you want. But I don't believe that that's what people truly want in their heart of hearts. It is my belief, and I don't think this is going to change in my lifetime either. It is my belief that what people most want is they want love in their lives. And I think people want deep respect. They, they want to be given deep respect and they want to have deep respect for the people in their lives. People want to be seen. People want to be really authentically known for who they are. And when you get to that level of authenticity, it becomes really important to people that they're actually good people. You know, I've, I've known this, it, it's happened to me so often in my life where I will get closer, I'll, I'll get to know someone who's kind of rough around the edges, or maybe they're a bit of a jerk, or maybe people find them to be difficult to be around, and I'll spend some more time with, with a person like that and get to know them more intimately and discover a profound vulnerability there and discover that behind that rough exterior, that person really just wants love as much as the rest of us. That person really wants to be liked every bit as much as the people-pleasing uh, friends that they spit on, that they talk down on. That person wants intimacy and wants to be seen and wants to be known and wants to be loved every bit as much as their people-pleasing counterparts. And yet they've thrown a different mask over it. They've covered up the profound vulnerability of wanting that. They've shied away from the difficulty of actually, you know, showing up for that 
They've shied away from the discomfort of what that entails, which is usually letting other dominant people run over them. Right? They don't. They don't want to take their guard down. They don't want to be disappointed. They don't want to not get what they want in their deepest hearts, and so they pretend they don't want it. So the notion that being an asshole is going to get you what you want in life, maybe it'll get you those kind of lower mundane wants, those kind of keeping up with the Joneses wants. But the deeper needs of a person, the deepest spiritual, emotional needs that people have, those kind of deathbed needs, those things that people will look back on and lament not having cultivated enough in their lives, those are all the kinds of needs which are accomplished by nice people. And what you start to see when you really dig into it. Is that it takes the most courage to be generous, like really generous, not just fake nice. It takes a lot of courage to be actually nice. It takes a lot of character to have compassion for other people. It takes a broadness of mind to be able to understand where other people are coming from enough to really forgive them. It takes a profound courage to look a bully in the face and say, "I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to fight you." You know, it reminds me. I heard this anecdote about the Aboriginal peoples of Australia, and I, I read it in this book called "Voices of the First Day." It's a really fascinating book. I highly recommend it. And if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes. And、uh, it tells the story of how an anthropologist had been speaking with some modern-day Aboriginal people. Sorry, no, I got that wrong.、Um, but you know, back when the Europeans showed up in Australia for the first time,、um, the, you know, there were anthropologists back in the day. Who noticed how badass the Aboriginal people were? Who noticed how good they were at hunting? Who noticed how accurate they were with, you know, throwing their spears?、Uh, they noticed how good they were at stealth and tracking. And you know, basically, these Aboriginal natives were just totally badass, and、um, They would have made formidable foes. You know, they knew their landscape so well. They were so good at hiding and camouflage and all of this stuff. And so, so an anthropologist asked these native people, like, why, when the Europeans showed up and started taking taking your land. And taking from you and killing your people. Why didn't you fight back? Why why did you just let them come in and do this to you? And the response was, 
We could have done that, but we would have ceased being Aborigines. Uh, and like, even as I say that, it's just like the profundity of that is incredible. It's so deep. It's so deep to me that a person would say, yes, you know, I could have fought you. I could have played the game of dominance that you wanted to play with me. But if I had done that, I would have ceased being myself. I would have turned my back on a fundamental value of my own. And to do that would have been a kind of death. And I would rather accept a physical death in my body than the death of my character. If someone else takes my life from me, it's them taking it. But if I turn my back on the fundamental goodness in myself, I am surrendering it. And they didn't want to do that. And so they, it was like the, the deepest nice guy move you can imagine is someone saying, no, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to play that game. And if that means that you're going to own me, if that means that you're going to take over my culture, if that means that you're going to wipe out my people, so be it. But if we started playing your game, we would have already lost ourselves. We would have already lost our culture and we'd be responsible for it. It would be us erasing our own culture. So they weren't going to do that. So I just, I find that so profound. And I mean, what, what is more deeply courageous than that? What commands more respect than that? You can't top that. It has the deep ring of truth to it. And it's not some passive aggressive moral superiority. You know, people want to twist that into weakness. They want to look for ways to, to make that a form of cowardice. Because being nice is supposed to be a cowardly thing in the patriarchal way, but it's just not. So, you know, give me, I'll take nice any day. I'll take the nice road any day. I don't, I don't have time for the asshole bit. I don't. And you know, if you find yourself saying, I just, I don't respect nice people. You know, I can't, I just can't do that. You know, I'd take an asshole. It's like, just think about that next time you call your mom when you need something, right? Or if life isn't going well, maybe if you fall off your horse, maybe if you lose face, maybe if you find out that you're not really who you thought you were, who do you turn to? You don't turn to your asshole friends. You don't. They're assholes. They don't give a shit about you. No, no, you call your mom. Why? Because she's nice. Or, you know, maybe, maybe she's not. But you call, you know, you call that good friend, right? It's like we all have that list. We, ha we 
all of us have this unconscious list of people. Like when things get really bad, that's who I call. And it's always, I mean, always it's that person who can see you for who you really are and who doesn't judge you. It's that person who lets you be the asshole you are and they don't judge you. Why? Because they are just that nice. They are so nice that they'll do that for you. They will accept you, asshole and all. Is that cowardice? Is that softness? No, it's, it's an incredible strength. It's an iron commitment to being a good human being. You know, and those people will show up for you when you've fucked up, when you've been out there in the world, puffing your chest up, thinking you're so cool for, for being nasty, you know, for being an asshole, being on your ego trip. We all need that kind of comeuppance, you know. We all need those, ex those humbling experiences to remind us these are the people in our lives that really care about us. And to bring us back to that truth that being good is, is not only hard, but it's needed. Everyone needs that. Everyone needs good people in their lives to, to be a barometer, to help them stay pointed in the right direction. So don't take that for granted. Don't write that off. You know, you'll lean on those people. You'll lean on nice people. When you really need it, you will. And, and yet you walk around disrespecting them, talking down on them. You know, people talk about how you have to be forceful to get ahead, but think about like the majority of people who keep organizations running, they do so because they're nice. The wheels of industry turn in the world, not because everyone is kind of being boorish and trying to get ahead, but because most people are nice. It's like those factories run because nice people show up and they accept that shitty pay that you're giving them. And they accept those terrible hours that you're giving them and they forgive you for it. I mean, they need it, right? A lot of people don't have another choice, but they, they grit their teeth and they do it. You know, so many nice, it takes so many nice people to keep your church running. It takes so many nice people to keep your family running. It takes people who are willing to compromise. It takes people who are willing to say, okay, I'm not going to be at the top of this, of this hierarchy. I'm going to accept where I am and I'm going to try to do my best from there. The majority of people in the world are doing this. They're making these compromises. They're accepting these shitty hands that they've been dealt. And they're just trying to do the best that they can within that. You know, think about how many relationships are held together because there's a nice person in them. You know, so often you'll see like people have been married for decades, right? there's usually at least one nice person holding that relationship together. That person who's willing to apologize first, that person who's willing to put their pride aside, that person who's willing to say I was wrong, 
even if they weren't necessarily. You know, some that's what you've got to do in relationships. Sometimes you just sometimes you got to be the first person to put down your sword, right? You know, if you if you have two assholes together in a relationship, like boy, that's going to be a tough ride. Who knows? Who knows if that relationship's going to last, right? And if it does, it's going to be torturous. You know, it's going to scorch the earth around them. It's it's going to bring toxicity into the lives of the people who hang out with that couple. Not a good scene. And so when you really start to get into sustainability, when you really start to look at things which which have to stay together, organizations that have to stay together, they're really run on a foundation of nice people who are willing to put up with bullshit, who are willing to put up with assholes, really. People who are willing to put others first. It's the reason children don't starve, is that there are nice people who are willing to feed and clothe and raise and teach them and spend money on them, you know, for decades. It's essential. I had an ex-partner tell me, you're being so nice and patient and putting up with my shit for as long as you did was a deal breaker for me. They told me that. And I remember hearing that and just thinking like, you know, you're saying that is a deal breaker for me. Like, really? You think that? The worst thing about you is that you put up with my shit for so long. Really? Like, if that's how you see the world, I don't know. You need to look at that. That's not the way I see it at all. And when I reflect on that relationship, I did put up with it for too long. I did let things go. You know, I, 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 there were things I should have done sooner. There were things I should have said sooner. So I can see that there's a certain truth in that, which is, you know, I, I would have respected you more if you had shown up in that way. But you know what it reminds me of? It's eerily reminiscent of there's like this uh, there's like this straight trope, straight relationship trope of a woman saying like, "I want a man who can put me in my place." You know, I want a man who can call me on my shit. I want a man who's not afraid to stand up to me. You know, that's that's the kind of man that I'm going to respect. And I just, oh, it just makes me cringe in the depths of my being. It's like, do you really want that? Is that the, the basis of respect for you? Is that you're going to be shitty to someone? And then they're going to be forceful back and, and show you that they're not going to take it. That's kind of what it equates to. Like, I want someone where, like, I can start fighting with them and then they'll fight back. It's almost like I want to be with someone who's going to play this fucked up game that I'm playing. 
And if they instead show up being nice, you know, it's like, get that out of here. That's not the game we're playing. That's not the game that I want to play. It's messed up. And it's, it, it just re it's the patriarchy. It reinforces the patriarchy. And it also shirks responsibility. You know, it's like, no, you should have been better. You should have shown up for that conversation. How about you just quit sucking? You know, rather than forcing someone to call you on your shit, why don't you call yourself on your shit? Why is it up to me? Why is it up to someone else in your life to check you? Check yourself. It's part of what bothers me about this. You know, it's like instead of the self-help book saying you need to be more assertive, it's like, how about the assholes just try being nicer? Why isn't that the self-help book? Assholes, colon, no pun intended, assholes, colon, a guide to being nicer, right? Why hasn't that book been published yet? Why isn't that a New York Times bestseller? How to take your alpha asshole male self and craft it into a decent human being. You know, I should be writing this book. You know, damn it. I should quit this podcasting business and go into the writing business. You know what? Like that should be the next bestseller. No, it's, it's, it shouldn't be on me to be less nice. It should be on you to be more nice. It bothers me. Until I'm all riled up by this. So, you know, as with everything, this is a balance. I think in order to be a fully integrated person, you need to be able to make peace with your kind of people-pleasing, pliable, doormat self, and you also need to be able to make peace with your pushy, assholish, selfish, self-serving self. These things... You know, every person has these aspects of their personality, and it's just a matter of the measure of them. And as with so many things, it's really finding, you know, what, what are my deep wounds here? And whether you're trying to get the hole filled by making people like you, or whether you're trying to get the hole filled forcing people to give you what you want, we're all moving towards that wholeness in our own way. So it's complicated, just like everything else, just like life. It's complicated. It's full of paradox. It's full of seemingly opposite things that exist in the same space. And sometimes one aspect of it just shows its face instead of another one. But we've got to stop thinking in these dualistic ways. We've got to stop putting people into these categories got to stop flattening people's experiences.
and just recognize, you know, all of us have ways in which we're assholes. All of us have ways in which we're nice. It's the human condition. But, you know, I show up today and I will show up always in defense of nice. There's nothing wrong with nice. If you really take issue with nice, look at that. Think about where that's coming from. Think about your system of values, which would cause you to think that niceness was, was somehow a indicative of a problem. Or if you equate niceness with weakness, just think about that. So that concludes my rant in defense of nice. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you will choose to join me on the next raw and unfiltered episode of Raw Man. Thank you.